All right, Alcorn, I got some good news and I got some bad news. I don't know which one I'm going to give you guys first. And after that, I'm going to talk about Hampton potentially moving conferences once again. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. And today's word of the day is winsome, meaning pleasing or cheerful. And for those who are new, just understand that the word of the day is yesterday's word of the day, I know. However, I often record these at night, which means I don't have the privilege of having the actual word of the day. So just rock with me and understand that I'm trying to expand the vocabulary. And just because I might be on, you know, the word of the day yesterday doesn't mean that I'm not still doing it. So just rock with me for those who might be like, well, today's word of the day is something completely different. That's why. So for Alcorn, I told you guys, I got some good news and I got some bad news. And I think I want to give the bad news first, just because, you know, it's bitter. Wash it down with, with something good, right? So let's talk about the bad news. And I won't, I won't harp on you guys for, for long, right? But Alcorn State, the undefeated Alcorn State, is no longer undefeated after falling the Prairie View A&M men's basketball team on Monday. And every morning I wake up and I exfoliate my lips, prepared to be the kiss of death. And it's been a while. It's been a, a good moment. Since I've been able to actually be that, but that time has come again. Thankfully, I, I, I'm not going to say a lot of you, because Savannah, I'll be rooting for Savannah State's women's basketball team to continue their undefeated streak. I hope they, they win out the rest of the year, truthfully. So thankfully, I didn't, I didn't curse them, and I did that twice. Alcorn, though, Alcorn, you were not able to escape my wrath. Y'all still got the kiss of death. I see how, how commentators feel, because... I don't purposely go out there and be like, let me talk about this team so they can lose. So I get it now when commentators be like, well, he's 16 for 16 in the playoffs on field goals. And it's like, you just talking. You just describing the game. You, you building up the situation. And then they just so happen to miss. I get the commentators jinx now. Does that mean that when they do it to my team, I'm going to be less harsh on them? No, but I understand where they're coming from now. So I hope that you guys are, you know, not hating me too much, and y'all understand this commentator jinx is a little bit of an uh, accident. But in this game, it was a really close game, but it all ended with Alcorn at the free throw line, and they missed two free throws. They lost by one point. They had a chance to win the game, then they had a chance to tie the game, but they missed both opportunities. And that's really what they ended up, how they ended up losing. But if I want to say why Prairie View won, and that's why I'm not going to harp on Alcorn too much, especially because the next topic will be mostly about Alcorn. So that's why I felt good giving the good news or the bad news first and the good news second. But Prairie View, how they won this game, was honestly from behind the line. They didn't make a lot of three-pointers. They made more than Alcorn did, but they didn't make a lot of three-pointers. They only made nine. But the timing, it, you, you notice these things like as time goes on, you'll see that I love big moments, right? 
in the end of the game is always a big moment. And I think that that's where Prairie View really succeeded from three-point range because they had nine in total. Five of those threes came in the last nine minutes of the game. Three of those threes came in the last five minutes. So they waited until the best time to really kick it in. And Prairie View, they're a hard team to discuss because I want to mostly talk about PV, right? I want to I want to make this topic mostly about PV. However, I did want to, you know, lightly taunt Alcorn for, you know, the whole kiss of death thing. But as a whole, it's kind of unfortunate. I was looking forward to Alcorn versus Southern being between these two top teams. And, I mean, I think it still can be. But with one team not being undefeated, the luster is a little gone. But you're still going to have two of the top teams. And there was a reason I said you couldn't look forward. And that's because Prairie View was there. That's because Prairie View was there. And the question was always, what is Prairie View? And after winning this game, I think the question might become, is Prairie View getting back on track? Because right now, they're 2-4 and four in the SWAC. And they were predicted to finish second preseason. They were predicted to finish second. TSU was predict, predicted to finish first. Alcorn was all the way down to seven. So for them to be excelling the way that they have been, I think was a welcome surprise for Brave fans. But this is a game for me that shows people exactly who Prairie View is. I'm not willing to say that they're getting on track, but I will say that this game shows exactly who they are. And that's a team that's able to go blow for blow with any team. I don't think there's a team that can line up and say we are waxing Prairie View. I don't think there's a team that can say that, not confidently. You can sit there and say I'm going to beat Prairie View. I mean, everybody can be beat, right? And everybody has been beaten. So you can say that, but to say that I'm going to comfortably wax Prairie View, that's, that's for fans. That's for fans, not for coaches and players. I don't feel that way because Prairie View always has the potential to have a game like this because their record might suggest otherwise, might suggest that they can't go blow for blow with these teams. And, I mean, they're a hard team to discuss because you truthfully just don't know. I don't know how to talk about them because the games they lost, they're bad. And this game that they just won is great. It's, a big, it's, a, it's like a big gap between left and right when you look at who they are. But when they, the games that they lost, they lost to a struggling Jackson State. And they gave Mississippi Valley State their only win on the season. When you look at the so when you're really looking at their season, it's like, man, this is really inconsistent. They're two and four in conference, but they gave up games to Southern and Grambling due to COVID outbreaks. And I really wish we would have saw this this COVID, I mean, excuse me, this preview versus Southern game. But COVID said, nah, y'all don't y'all don't get to get that. Y'all get that later in the year. It's very unfortunate. But after that, they came back against Mississippi Valley State and they lost. Now, who knows how that COVID outbreak, that time away impacted the team? Who really knows? But then they lost to Jackson State as well. They beat UAPB, but UAPB ain't that good either. Now, this Alcorn victory, that's one to beat your chest about. So when you look at it, they started off 0-2, already in a deficit due to COVID. Then they went 2-2. Two two. It's just that the two games that they lost were the teams is like, I wish I didn't lose to that team. So did this game suggest that they're getting back on track? I don't know. I don't know. They've been inconsistent throughout the year. I need multiple games to say they're getting back on track. So I'm going to say no. This game does not say that they're getting back on track. But it does tell me that that team that people predicted to finish second in the SWAC is still there. They still have that potential. They can still flash. I've seen it. They just need to put it together. And they have been able to over the past couple of years. They've been able to put it together. They have earned the benefit of the doubt. A couple more victories, and I'm going to say, okay, yeah, they're back on track. 
That's what I'm looking for for me to really say that. But as of right now, the verdict is I need a couple of more games. This game, however, does denounce them as a doormat. There's not a, they're not a team you're just going to walk over. doesn't matter who you are. You just knocked off the top seed in the SWAC at the moment. You're not a doormat anymore. You, you've disqualified yourself for that. So that's how I feel about them. And going forward, I want to talk about Aaron Allen's landing in Alcorn because I told you guys I had some good news and I had some bad news. I gave the bad news first, just a little sprinkle. But here we go. I got a cup full of the good news and to wash it all down. So we're going to be talking about Aaron Allen landing in Alcorn and what this means for him and the team going forward. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar because this is the best protein bar on the market, bar none, right? Um, when I look at Built Bar, I really look at it as a, as a bar that has something for everybody. And that's the, that's the best thing about it for me because if you want to work out, they're going to give you all the protein. You're going to feel good feeling like you have a protein bar post-workout. If you just want a snack, they're going to give you that too because you have it covered in chocolate. You're going to have four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. You might not care about that, but at the same time, at least you are getting that benefit while also getting the taste. And then if you're somebody who is trying to eat healthier and that's just your, you know, your gateway into eating healthier, this is perfect too because it gives you the taste. It's no more going on week four, week five and saying, man, I'm really tired of this diet because it just doesn't taste good. That's not the case with Built Bar. Built Bar has a multitude of flavors, so I highly doubt there's somebody who can say there's not a single flavor that they would like. And Built Bar is the best bar on the market for anybody regardless of lifestyle or taste buds. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off your offer. Alright, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I told you guys I have some good news for Alcorn and Alcorn fans. Here we go. Alright, because Aaron Allen has come to Alcorn. Because there has been a big question mark going into next season about who is going to be playing quarterback for the Braves. Felix Harper is gone. Somebody has to fill that void. You can't step out there with no quarterback. Is it Tavarius Adams, Cole Williams, Trey Lawrence, Cam Ivory? I don't know. None of these players have experience. They haven't seen any real time, but there is one person who is ready to stake claim to that position already. I mean, obviously you have four guys right there. They're all either redshirt freshmen or freshmen. So they're going to be, either, they're all going to go into their sophomore year next year. So they're all young guys. They're all young guys. None have any experience, but there's one guy who has a little bit more experience than everybody else. And it's one guy that I did not name. And that would be Aaron Allen from Louisiana Tech. He comes into Alcorn with two years of eligibility left, and he's, I'm not going to say he's way more experienced than the other guys, but you got to understand, Felix Harper has been the man for two years there. Nobody here has been, has been in Alcorn for more than two years. It's very clear. Even, um, even Adams, who's a redshirt freshman, has only been there for two years. He's Took a redshirt year, but he's only been there two years. So they have all been under Felix Harper. Nobody started any games. But Allen has at least started a couple of games. He's not extremely experienced, but he's more experienced than the other options. And he ain't come to fool around. He done, he's came in and already staked his claim and said, I'm going to be the quarterback. Verbally, he's, he came out and said it, right? Obviously, there's more of a spotlight on him because he's coming out of the transfer portal. So people actually want to know why he came there and things of that nature. So he has more room to talk 
than a guy like Adams, Williams, Cole, Ivory Lawrence, right? So it's a little bit different. But people are asking him about why he's coming to Alcorn State. So he's graduating in February and immediately stepping on campus to play spring ball. And he said it was vital because he wanted to actually be able to compete, and he didn't feel like he would be able to if he didn't play spring ball. Smart decision, right? Smart guy. Um, because if you don't play spring ball, you're putting yourself at kind of a disadvantage of, yes, they've seen your Louisiana Tech t tape, right? We've seen that. There's a reason that we wanted to bring you into the fold. But there's a big difference between watching you play at Louisiana Tech and seeing you play in my system and understanding what you can do within the parameters of my offense. Completely different thing, right? So when I look at it, if you don't play spring ball, you're not going to know the playbook. You're going to be at a disadvantage of having to learn the playbook a lot earlier. And he, I don't think he expects to just be thrown in there. I don't know what the, the promise is and the recruiting was or, hey, we like you, we want you to be our starting quarterback or if it's, we just want you to compete. He's came in and said he wanted to compete. He's saying all the right things, right? But as a whole, I think it would be interesting to see if it's a situation where they give him the starting position. We'll see at the beginning of spring ball how that really works. But not going to spring ball and not learning the, the playbook and not being a part of practices, it just gives all those young guys who now have a chance to shine a leg up. So that's one thing there. And let's be clear, they already know the playbook because they've been there for a year. So you're already behind, and getting the spring ball is a little bit better. So why did Allen even leave Louisiana Tech? It's easy, coaching changes. Um, after sitting down with the new coaching staff, he ultimately decided that it would be best if he graduated and transferred. And that's exactly what he did. Um, situation where they probably just didn't line up as far as the visions, whether that was wanting to bring in their own quarterback, because it is a new coaching staff, and um, it's not like Allen had been there for a long time and had been a, a trenched, entrenched in you know the offense or anything. And then Allen might not have liked the vision of how they wanted to run the offense. All those things go, in, go into play. So we will see, but that's the reason why they, that they left. And why did he come to Alcorn? That's the thing. He didn't see a lot of time at Louisiana Tech. But he did start a few games over the course of two years. But ultimately, he did not see a lot of, a lot of time. So he's not that experienced. And he's not at a point where he's so refined, right? Because let's look at it. This isn't a Joe Burrow situation where, trust me, I'm not comparing the two players. But this isn't a Joe Burrow situation where you're at Ohio State and you're behind a legendary quarterback for four years and now you graduated. This isn't that case at all. When you look at it, he's only been out of school for a couple of years. And he hasn't played that many games. And he hasn't been out long enough to where or been behind the quality of player that Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow were. I'm going to reason I didn't name Dwayne Haskins because he ended up winning that job. He didn't transfer out. But he was in that same situation. He was behind somebody for a long amount of time, but that was an established quarterback. It's a big difference. That's a big difference. There was a freshman starting last year. So Allen isn't entrenched or wasn't in a situation where the quarterback was already entrenched. So now you come into Alcorn State, brings me back to the reason why he chose Alcorn State. That's because he still needs some refinement. He's still in the refinement stages, and that's okay because he hasn't been out of the league long, or out of high school long enough to where he shouldn't be. It's not a, I just need exposure. I just need to showcase what I've already built up. No, he still needs some refinement. If you're going to do that, you're coming to the right place because Alcorn has a, a history of putting out quarterbacks that are, are successful, right? I'm sure that, you know, he's looking to have a career like the man he's hoping to take over for. 
and that's Felix Harper. Two-year starter. One year, he was the SWAC Offensive Player of the Year. And the quarterback prior to him was the Offensive Player of the Year. This is what Alcorn and Fred McNair, Fred McNair do. That's what they do. Fred McNair played quarterback at Alcorn. We all know about his brother, Steve McNair, legend. This is what they do at Alcorn. And I didn't even have to mention Steve to really have, you know, bring up the basis of how good their quarterback play has been. But that's truly what it is. They have a legacy and a current production of quarterbacks that make it a very desirable location if you're coming out of the transfer portal. And I don't think it's a guarantee that Allen will be the quarterback. But this quote that he gave certainly made me love his confidence. And the quote was here. He's had a lot of great quarterbacks talking about Coach McNair. He's had a lot of great quarterbacks come through the program. So I'm really honored to be the next one to be able to get the opportunity to do that. Brother, you ain't even got the job, but you talking like you got it. Manifestation, right? That, that's something I was big on. So when I look at it, he's talking good. He's coming in with a plan. And I think he has some refinement, but I definitely think he's a talented guy and somebody that Alcorn State fans should be excited to see. It should be a fun competition. And he had the brains to come make sure that he came for spring ball. So it should be fun. I'm excited to see what Aaron Allen or any of these quarterbacks can do with Alcorn next year because they got a long list of people that they're putting out. They're just trying to be another one of those people in the list and go higher than their predecessor in Felix Harper. And going forward, I want to talk to you guys about Hampton and they're potentially leaving the Big South. I know, it's like they just got there. But they're already trying to get out of there. But this is it. The putt to win it all. You sink this and the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. They have visibility and controls of financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. So NetSuite is everything that you need to grow all in one place. No more going three different places to get what you need to do done. Just come to NetSuite. It's easier. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those who are ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash locked. Head to NetSuite.com slash locked for special one-of-the-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's NetSuite.com slash locked. We're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. We're going to discuss a move that's kind of been in the making, kind of been discussed and whispered about for a couple of months. And that's Hampton is inching closer and closer to switching conferences again. I know. Already? Doesn't it feel like they just got to the Big South? If you're feeling that way, it's probably because they have. They got there in 2018. So with that being said, if they were if they were to move, and reports are that they are leaving in July for the CAA, not the CIAA, but the CAA, the Colonial Athletic Association. If that is the case, that would be their third conference in five years. And listen, I knew they weren't going to go back to the MEAC. I think some people with them leaving the Big South were kind of hoping that they would go to the MEAC. Um, I knew that wouldn't happen because I've heard them discuss about leaving those HBCU conferences. And one thing that they like is the, the ability to have freedom for their program because they have an Under Armour sponsor that is one of the largest for a, a school of their size. They weren't able to achieve that in the MEAC because the, the sponsorships were more so 
you know, conference-wide. That's what they were saying. So that individuality is something that I feel like they really love. So I'm not surprised that they didn't go back to the MEAC. I mean, they might go back to the MEAC at one point. Who knows? As much as they've been changing conferences, they might be in the SEC in, in four years. So, like, we really do not know. So when I look at it, that's the reason I don't think that the MEAC was really in play for them, even though I think one thing that might have helped is Miss Stills, the new commissioner, is a Hampton alum. And if there was somebody who could have maybe pulled in and she was already saying how she's open to a reunion, I think that maybe she could have got it done. And that's not to say she can't, but that's the one thing that I think could pull Hampton back in, maybe that relationship with her. And I mean, they're not going to do it as a favor to her, but if it makes sense for both of them, I think that she's the one person who can be a little bit more persuasive to, you know, just making Alcorn say, excuse me, not Alcorn, but making Hampton say, yeah, I guess we'll come back to the MEAC. But as of right now, it's looking like they're going to the CAA, Colonial Athletic Association. And one of the basketball coaches in that conference said that Monmouth, Hampton, and Stony Brook are all coming to the CAA. He didn't want to be named. He wasn't named. He wanted to stay, you know, anonymous because he's really not supposed to be coming out and saying that. But um, that's what he said. He said it's basically a done deal, a done deal. And if that's the case, that would give the conference 13 football football schools and they'll give them 12 basketball schools and they're looking to divide up the conferences so they're trying to expand so they can have divisions and that's what they're looking for so they can have a bigger number and bringing in three schools will definitely get that get that done um i think it's clear that they are heavily pushing towards expansion if you're bringing in three schools in the month of july um i think that's very clear and when you look at the ability to add to both their basketball and football teams, this is definitely something that the MEAC is looking forward to. And I think that, I mean, they can't study it. They, it's not like it's a, a cheat code or anything. It's just that's what they were trying to do. We talked about that, I believe, on last week's um, – I can't remember what, what day of the week it was. But I think we talked about that last week when we were just discussing the, the MEAC needing to expand – and, um, and not getting a basketball school only. So when you look at it, that's what they're doing here. They're making sure that they didn't just get a basketball school. They're making sure they didn't just get a football school. They're getting some, some football schools and basketball schools to come in to add to, their, add to their conference. And as a whole, they took care of those money sports. You can fill everything else out afterwards. Howard be playing swat soccer. It's like <laughs> You can fill out everything else as long as you have football and basketball taken care of. Those are the things that a lot of your alumni are going to care about, a lot of things that your fans are going to care about. You, you can fill in the other things and just make sure that it makes sense, right? So um, Hampton's departure would leave the Big South likely trying to find, you know, whatever their next move is to fill the void. And I think one, or at least, you know, one of the school fan bases that you'll see, you know, kind of disappointed is North Carolina A&T. That would leave North Carolina A&T as the only HBCU in the Big South. And... It feels like such a change of events because Hampton's AD seemed very excited for A&T to come. Um, they talked about taking all the hits of an HBCU and a non-HBCU conference. Now, North Carolina A&T shouldn't have to take that many. And just the idea of playing every time. They even said, like, we missed some of our MEAC people. This was in that interview. And now to just leave, I'm, I mean, you got to do what's best for you. I get it. I'm just saying it seemed like they were excited for what the future could bring. And this was just a year ago. North Carolina A&T is in their first season in the Big South. So it's not like this was four years ago and a lot has changed. This was just basically a year ago. And we started hearing these whispers at the end of 2021. So not even a full year since 
North Carolina and T has been a part of the Big South, it just seems like a, a, a huge departure from what you were saying earlier. So I would have thought that, you know, they were happy with the company and they might have been in everything else might have just been too much. It might have just been too much negativity around being in the Big South or too much positivity about going to the CAA, the CAA. I don't know. But I know that the fan bases of both of these schools will be disappointed that they won't have the chance to play each other consistently that like they thought they would. So that's definitely something to, you know, be disappointed about. But one thing that you can't be disappointed about is making Locked On HBCU a first listen of the day because I appreciate you guys. Every day, HBCU content, Monday through Friday. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked On Bets with your boy Q. At least starting to give you all the analysis and insight you need to put some more money into your pockets. And y'all know where to find me on that Bluebird, that Blue app, yes, Twitter, at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.